Radio. This is Catholics Read on Cradio.org.au. Hello and welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Chiara. And Victoria is unfortunately not here today um, because I can't remember. Because uni. uni or no, she was taking children on a pilgrimage or something like that. Oh, she is doing prac? I don't know. She was doing something like that. Anyway. Anyway, she is Victoria unable to join us. So it's again, we're down to two. Except She's for- taking her. Yeah. Um, so it's just us two. Uh, and th- this episode we are reading uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's. Uh, st- a study in Scarlet, the first tale of Sherlock Holmes. Yes, so it's um, possibly it's. Am I correct in saying it would be the most famous? Um, or, or I think somewhere the, 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 every every to every person I mention, um, every person I say, oh, I'm reading Sherlock Holmes at the moment. Like, yeah, I read that once. I read, the, I remember the Baskerville one, um, which is the Hounds of the Baskerville, okay. which is one of his more famous stories. But a study in Scarlet was his very was the very first. Okay. Was a debut of Sherlock Holmes onto literature, mm. uh, into, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Western canon, effectively, and hasn't left since. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sherlock Holmes is the quintessential detective story. Every single detective story ref- makes some oblique reference to Sherlock mm. Holmes. Mm. Um, okay. Do we need to explain the plot, or do you reckon Not people- really. I mean, I think we Victoria and I, in the last episode, tried to make, make an effort to do a really short plot summary. So, I guess, short plot summary... I mean, it, it simply introduces the character of Sherlock Holmes. There's, um, There's a, murder. a case of a murder. Two, which two murders. Two murders. Two um, murders. Uh, uh, two murder, uh, murders that seem are seemingly unrelated, but are Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes get together to try and solve the murder mystery. And, and uh, fi- through the process of deduction, uh, which is Sherlock Holmes's expertise, um, he's written a paper on it. Um, they come to the discovery that it was um, an American cab driver, um, and he sort of in tells London. the story. Yes, in London, uh, and tells he sort of tells tra- the story. Tragic tale of yeah, tale of, lo- of uh, love, a uh, love in Mormon Utah tragedy and revenge. It's yeah. quite tragic, but I guess that that's that's the plot. Um, we did well there. Yeah, that was quite well. Yeah, uh, you should read it for yourself. Yeah, yes, you of course. It it's out of yourself. copyright, so it's easy enough to get. Um, and yes, so I guess I don't know what what did you want to talk about, Kiara? Oh. I know that you mentioned something that we've we've discussed on a previous episode, uh, Doctor Jekyll, strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah, um, I... which was Sir Doyle's. Um, Unexpected, I think, given the nature of the story. But anyway, yeah, I'll let yeah, you go yeah. into it. Yeah. So, um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is a really, really interesting character in of himself. His most famous character is, of course, his most famous books are, of course, his, Sherlock, his stories of Sherlock Holmes. And his character is an... Inc- Sherlock, as we all know it, is one of cold, hard logic and scientific facts. Dedu- you, know, the, you know, we've got a chapter in here, The Science of Deduction, that explains how Sherlock Holmes' mm. mind works to, um, you know, inter- you know solve, um, to solve the various mysteries, great and small, that, mm. you know, he comes across. And um, what is really interesting to note is that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was, uh, was very good friends with, the very another- with another famous person named... Um, Alfred Houdini. 
uh, was very oh. good friends with Houdini, and Houdini was a um, was what we what we would now call you know a, a skeptic. He was oh, an illusionist, but so, he was a skeptic. Yes, that's oh, okay, why right. he was such a br- that's yes, right. yes, that's why he was such a brilliant illusionist because he understood intimately how the tricks work and how. Mm. How the tricks worked and made the hu- you know and how the human mm. mind worked and he had great insight into that. Uh, he and Sherlock Holmes were great friends and then had a falling out because Houdini could not convince Sherlock that could not convince Sir Arthur Conan Doyle that um, his spiritualism was nonsense. Mm. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's wife was a psychic and claimed could communicate with um, with spirits who had passed mm. on. Mm. And Sir Arthur Conan Doyle had no reason to disbelieve her. Mm. And despite Houdini's many efforts to demonstrate that they were parlor tricks, that they were misinterpreting um, misinterpretations of different events, so confirmation bias, for example, mm. well-known phenomena with a lot of these these sorts of things. But he, they, he, uh, Sherlock wouldn't have a bar of it, and eventually, it, it you know, they, it destroyed their friendship, mm. um, which was really quite tra- you know quite tragic and. Um, and so the fact that Sherlock, that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle could write a character like Sherlock Holmes, who wouldn't have a bar of that spiritualism type thing, he'd always be looking for the 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 Scooby Doo moment where you pull the mask off the guy, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, I think it's just really a really really interesting sort of twist of fate, mm. if anything. Mm. And um, having said that, he was a Victorian. The Victorians were mad into all this weird spiritualism stuff that was coming through. So, Mm. for example, tarot cards. You know, you don't mess with tarot cards, right? Because, you know, they, you know, call on the occult and all that sort of stuff. That's a Victorian invention. Tarot cards were literally Napoleonic French soldier playing cards. Mm. And the various people like, you know, the, you know, the death and Lady Justice or whatever, they were all just suits. Yeah, I remember, I remember reading, um, I think, Thomas McDonald, um, who isn't writing a lot these days, but um, he's, a, he's a blogger. He had his... Um, his expertise is games, effectively, games. Yeah, all kinds of game games. Journalist. And um, But he also looks at all kinds of games, card games, board games, mm, dice games, mm. and their history and where they come from. And, and he had that series on, on the origin of tarot cards. And it's actually interesting you talk about it because it's one of those interesting things, I guess, to sort of divert, uh, like mm. to change the topic a little bit but we'll, we'll come back to what you were saying um that it's not necessarily the things in of themselves that are evil they're cards as you say the origin is is rather they were pro- they were for playing yeah they were for play they were for um, betting you know playing poker soldiers playing the, poker it's it's what you're opening yourself up to in in doing that yeah like i guess if, if you're opening yourself up to to um, problematic spiritual elements. Well, then that's going to be the problem. Whether it's car like cards like that. Fun or- fact too: Ouija boards also a Victorian invention. There you go. I didn't realize that. Yeah, completely came from you know, completely came from nowhere. Victorian invention because mm. you know literacy and all that, and you know ghosts can t- somehow learn to spell in the Victorian era because mm. <laughs> they yeah, couldn't before, obviously. But it's 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 interesting. Like it shows you how. The it's not necessarily things in of themselves, but it's the what the humans, yeah, what humans of a person do, and what it allows you. I guess that desire, that desire for power, or um, even that just is, that that it's just a very human thing to talk to, you know, just to want to, you know, having unfinished business with the dead, like you yeah, know, you know, yeah. uh, who, you know, who wouldn't want to, um, who wouldn't want to, you know, actually well, say that, goodbye to like, your wife or something like that. It's that like curiosity. That. I yeah, guess. people have that right. curiosity, and curiosity 
can be a good thing in some sense, and it can yeah. be a bad thing in some sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, that was that was just an interesting little side note here. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I suppose, yeah, I suppose to give you an idea of the character of Sherlock Holmes, I think as Doctor Watson, of course, spend this all the story is told from Doctor Watson's perspective, and it's in a first person narrative, which. Normally, everybody everybody who listen who listens to these podcasts regularly would know I'm not a huge fan of first person narrative, and this mm. one was borderline. <laughs> Watson got a little bit annoying in some parts, yeah, yeah. but for the most part, it's well written. I don't he, mind he Doctor Watson. He didn't discuss economics at any point. No, um. no, and communism didn't spring out from nowhere. Although, the, <laughs> although socialists did come up because um, you know it's a Victoria, it's a Victorian li- London. Um, so, you know, um, what Dr. Watts is trying to figure out Sherlock and, you know, he's, you know, he's met the guy and he's just moved in with the guy as you do. And, um, he writes this list. He tries to, he basically tries to find ways to trip up this otherwise brilliant friend. So he writes this list, Sherlock Holmes, his limits, knowledge of literature, nil, knowledge of philosophy, nil, knowledge of astronomy, nil, knowledge of politics, feeble, knowledge of botany. Variable, well up in belladonna, opium, and poisons generally, knows nothing of practical gardening, and so on and so forth. Basically, goes on to try and list of you know, and and basically what it illustrates is that Sherlock Holmes, for all his brilliance, if you ask him who David, if you ask him who you know what Aristotle said in Neomanchian Ethics, he'd have no clue. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it his knowledge base, you know, his knowledge base is intentionally cultivated towards being a very honed specific instrument for solving crimes. Mm. And, you know, he couldn't care less about literature or philosophy, great literature or philosophy. Mm. Um, You know, even despite, you know, living around, you know, or would have grown up in a culture, you know, he would have been raised in, you know, he would have been brought up in school to be studying the classics and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, he's just, well, I don't need to remember that. Yeah, he makes, there's this this comment um, in there that he makes about how, he he immediately forgets. He's talking about how he immediately forgets things that aren't of particular importance to his his practical life. Yes, um, which is what I think leads perhaps to the list. Yes, um, he he forgets immediately forgets because he sees his mind um, as kind of like a series of rooms, and that he keeps on filling them up with stuff. And if he fills them up with trivia, he's going to start pushing out um, a little bit like Homer. Homer Simpson's problem of every time I learn something new, all the olds like yes, old. yes. Um, well, there you go. I mean, and whilst you know, we now know with you know various thanks to the work of neuroscientists and neurologists that that's not actually how the brain's memory works. You don't have a finite capacity. There you go. I was thinking about that. You don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, your capacity for memory, learning, and everything is not. Uh, dictate it is not finite in a sense that you've only got this much you've only got you know 500 gigs of memory data and once you fill it up that's it you've got to get rid of stuff or to put new stuff in mm. um, that's not actually how the mind works it's actually far more complicated than that than we could ever go into and there's a really there's some really good stuff on neuroplasticity if you want to look it up yes. for learning new stuff mm. Um which yeah, but they didn't know that in Victorian London. They'd be, you know they kind of just figured out that you know thoughts come from the brain and not the heart, which was the standard medical. Really? Yeah, that's why you say I know it by heart because it was understood the brain was the mm. in old old the- old medicine. Um, so I know that the Greeks 
thought that the brain and like when you sort of think about this you're like i can kind of see why they thought that um that the brain was like a cooling system yes because your head uh, expends so much heat they figured that must that be it how must you keep be some your... kind of cooling system for the body yeah yes. yeah which is um, interesting and um, and that that idea persisted right up until um Right up until sort of the uh, the Renaissance, and up until but sort of between, I can't remember exactly when the turn was when uh, the I can't remember what the oh, did this I did this ages ago in medieval um, in visual when I did visual history, and because um, that was a big shift in terms of how we understood how the human body works that the brain was the centre of thought and feeling and drove drove the body as opposed to the heart, mm. which just pumped blood. Still very essential, yeah. um, don't get me wrong, but um, that it, that sort of hap- that was really happening in the 17th, 18th, and 19th, and by the 19th century it was quite well known, but the brain was still very, very mysterious, and they just still kind is. of figured, yeah, then they kind of figured out that if they, you know, shocked it with electricity, well, yeah. people I did mean, things. You start, you, when you start <laughs> having that kind of thing... But yeah, so I don't know Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. I'm just trying to think. This is this is a bit of a struggle for us to try and think of things to <laughs> talk about. Luke is uh, very tired. I I am quite tired, but that's not that's not gonna. That's it's not a gonna shame, stop actually. It. It's a shame you didn't actually get to um, read it all in great detail. Yeah, I only read about a third. What or the, the way to. the story is structured is it's structured in two parts. They've got you essentially have part one which uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle labels uh, being a reprint from the reminiscence of John H. Watson, MD, late of the Army Medical Department. And then part two is called The Country of the Saints. And part two is where we leave London and go to Utah Mm. and Mm. encounter the Mormons. And that's where the murderer, the... And the, the murder victims, the background story to the murder and the murder victims. And so Sir Arthur Conan Doyle takes a total break in style and in, and I mean, where's Victoria when you need her, um, in style and in pace to... We need literature knowledge. Yes, I know, I know, and it's not there. I'm sure there's all sorts of lovely technical terms that I am not using um, to tell this tragic love story, mm. effectively. Um, and then you switch back to like, you know, present day, you know, which all took place 20 years before Mm. now. And you switch back to modern day London and hear the story in summary form from the murderer himself, who, um, is at the end of his life anyway. And yeah, it's, I mean, I suppose, you know, this man lost a, um, lost a girl that he loved that he loved very yeah. dearly and wanted to marry to to this I think the son of the chief Mormon to become one of the 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 I'm gonna get this wrong but like it was like called the council of four or something like yeah that. the council of elders or something and um and basically he jo- uh he's uh the the girl that he loved was to join his harem effectively which is what they were and um she ended up you know but you know she passed away from a broken heart and he basically swears vengeance because mm. they murdered her father and kit took her and um and it and takes him 20 years to track them down he chases them all across america all across europe until he finally gets them in london mm. Mm. and um it just and basically he has no other purpose in life other than to, you know, after, you know, he had no other purpose in life other than to seek vengeance. Yeah. It's... Which, you know, is kind of sad in of itself. Well, yeah, I guess I guess it does show about how, um, 
yeah, that revenge, which is what he writes in German, um, on the wall of the yeah. two of like each of the walls of the of the people that he murders or the the murder scenes rather. Um, the word, what is it? Ra- rush. Rush, I think. I don't. I'm I've, sorry to. It's, it's a German. To it's German a German speakers. word. For, it's a German word for revenge. It's R A C H E. Yes. Um, and yeah, he he writes that that word. So like revenge, which Sherlock Holmes initially thinks is is attempting to divert. He doesn't think that it's it's that at it's all significant. A, he just thought it was a flight of fancy. And yeah, it, it does. I guess kind of show like what that's as he mentioned twenty years there. Of being so consumed, it takes him across across the Atlantic. Yeah, you know, well, across to, the in world, order, effectively. In order to to have this this vengeance, to what end? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, he he dies before the in the end. He dies before before he goes to court. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was. I'm not you sure know what? If he was to make any sort of point. No, he wasn't. It was just a, it was just a fascinating, twisty mystery that would have thrilled, you know, Protestant yeah. Victorian London with this, you know, uh, weird new sect that emerged in America with the Mormons, because the Mormons, of course, have their roots in the in the you know, 1800s. Is it the 1800s? 17, late 1700s, early 1800s, that's, I Actually, think. that's that's interesting. I wasn't I wasn't sure if Mormons that was, aren't that old at all. If Mormons, that was a, if, sorry, the LDS. Church, Church yes, of Jesus sorry, Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. We shouldn't call them Mormons. They don't. Uh, they're not huge fans of that. Um, but the LDS Church has its is not an, is not an old is not an old church at all, and it um, has its roots in oh, what's the year? Early eighteen hundreds. If I'm, it's not, around that same. Yeah, so period. it is around the same time as Victorian England, and effectively, it was very large. You know, Joseph Smith managed to sort of convince a large number of people of his, you know, his prophecy and whatnot, and uh, they were persecuted, and so they left and found new lands, moved west, and found new lands in Utah mm. and set up their place there, which is why Utah is LDS Central, effectively. It's, Salt Lake City. Yeah, yep. Salt Lake City yep. is LDS Central, and. Um, Having said that, that didn't stop there being significant issues within the community, particularly around um, polygamy and the wanton taking of, you know, there were rumours of uh, uh, women and girls from surrounding uh, towns being kidnapped and added added as wives and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know how true they are. Um, but this is what Sir Arthur Conan Doyle describes in this story. See, that gives gives a really, I think, an interesting... An interesting difference because I had a like to me I found it a bit to, to use a terrible word random that oh, yeah. that that was the um that for some reason that 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 was the focus there like why exactly that and I guess at at the end of the day it probably does make a little bit of sense because I can totally imagine that on a show like CSI or something like that oh they would NCIS totally write a story like, like this but there would be a story like that except it was about. Scientology, or um, I don't know, like, whatever weird kooky new sect is, like, like Jonestown, for example. Like, um, what's his name? Uh, Jim Jones, when he went out and bought that bunch of property in um, in Guam and took no, not Guam, um, oh. down in Latin America, and there was that horrible, yeah, in the seventy, yeah. Anyway, so it would have been a cult like, like that, something like that. That's that effectively what the Mormon, the more, or it would be what like that was, what they were treated like at the yeah, time. Yeah, and okay. it, it would be basically the equivalent of a murder mystery involve, involving Om Shinriko. If you're, I have no idea what that means. Okay, Om Shinriko was a Japanese uh, doomsday type cult. And they're the ones who are responsible really? for the for the sarin, sarin gas attack in Tokyo in the nineties. 
they've since fallen off the radar. I, you need no, to go and Google this. This that's, is a really no, that's, that's really interesting because, like, yeah, I, mean, kill, I learned Japanese and I Japan is quite an interesting like I find it, and I've no idea about that. Yeah, or I mean, maybe somewhere in the back of my like, I've sort of come across bits. You and need pieces, a Wikipedia but, it after the show and fi- and oh, learn a bit more about it because yeah, be, it was, yeah, it was a major bi- biochemical attack and it was one of the biggest ones in a developed country and you know freaked mm. everyone the heck out, understandably. Yeah, and. Okay. Um, and yeah, so they're so those kind of exotic, um, yeah, that's what the Mormons were to Victorian London. So this would have been really, really interesting mm, and fascinating. Mm. And ooh, what's going on in the weird, wild world of the America, which is new, you know, fr- independent. Uh, it's only been independent for 25 years or something like that. And well, this is the 1800s. Oh, okay, right, right. Yeah, yeah, less, yeah. less than a century. Yeah, yeah less yeah. than a set. You know, uh, you know, 30, 40 years. See, this is see, this this is this is what happens when I don't really have a lot of knowledge about um about the the church um the Latter Day Saints. Um, and- don't really have any knowledge of that in the sense of I know that it comes somewhere between the discovery of the United States and the 20th century, mm. which is a Several centuries, like yes. what's that, like four centuries or something like that. Yes, I have more. I actually, really did not know where that sat in that. So that's quite interesting. Like it, it does put a different a different spin on that on, yeah. on this book. Like yeah, and yeah, I mean, like I said, I I am taking this is a very very rough thumbnail sketch of history. So if you're interested in it, like go do some Google. You know, go ask Doctor Google. He's pretty good at giving you decent answers. <laughs> now, Professor Google. <laughs> Professor Google, sorry. Um, he's pretty good at giving you some a basic outline sketch of you know what was going on at the time and I um, so yeah I really enjoyed the story all things considered um, really really enjoyed the story and you know of course there's also and of course you know we could talk um, I mean unfortunately we haven't gone into some of the other stories which have some of his other more famous didn't even um, get through the first one interlopers like Irene Adler and Moriarty and all that sort of stuff so you know of course as ever as I've mentioned before everyone seems to know Pound of the Baskervilles Hound Yes. Hound? Did you say Hound of... I don't know. The Hound of the Baskervilles. Hound of the Baskervilles. Um, and, yeah. I mean, I wish Victoria was here because I'm sure she'd have some technical whiz-bang that I'd go, oh. Probably. I, I imagine I imagine she would, but nonetheless, um, we've done okay. Oh, I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Well, let's... let's I think we could. I think we could wrap it up there. I think we could. Um, yes. So, so Sherlock Holmes. Um, Highly recommend it. Go and I read it. it. It's a classic. I found. I found it to be quite interesting. Um, well deserving of its status as a classic novel, unlike yes, others that we have read. It's, it's good. I guess it's also good to kind of know, um, in terms of literature, like sort of you find like, would, would it be fair to say that it's it's the inspira- in, inspiration in some sense. Of a lot of the other detect classic detective it's a, it's, it's the, novels that you find throughout the nineteenth and twentieth century. Well, pretty much, yeah. It, it, it's the def- it, it's it's a book that defines a new genre, you know, mm. in a way. Like it's you know, it's not just a. And let's face it. I mean, it's, it hasn't ended with with like Midsummer Murders or anything like that. Like, it's, no, you still have today. Like, you still have today. NCIS, like on te- television, you've got like those all the anac- like NCIS- just all the acronyms. <laughs> NCIS, CSI, Law and Order is not. Although Law and Order is not a forensic show, that's a court show. But 
Um, yeah, there's, there's like there's you have those be. kinds of things, um, but and they they have a very I guess they have a very similar feel. You kind of have that investigation. You typically have like especially with CSI like that the the, the nitty gritty the, the nitty gritty. They would have like the. The original Grisham, what CSI. Was it? Was it Grisham? Yes. So this is reaching back into my memory. Like he's kind of like the brilliant kind of like he's not the same character, but you know. But he yeah, has he's that the same sa- yeah he's a position, he's a he's a, a he's the uh, ridiculously brilliant forensic scientist doing his job or whatever. And yeah, you see, and I mean, we could tattle off a huge number of shows, and then the rea- the reality documentary series. Like, there's a whole ch- Foxtel yes, channel actually. dedicated dedicated to crime. Yeah, so yeah. that just attests so- to our fascination with it. And Sherlock was <laughs> not the first book to talk about crime and detection and murder mysteries, but I think it was to do so in the modern sense, where it is where you have forensics coming into it and a sort of a science being established mm. around. Crime solving and uh, crime solving effectively. Mm, so he mm. does things like collecting samples and analysing them and all Talking that sort about of stuff. Blood. And and actually, that's that's one of the interesting things as well that I think is is good is that it gives you a bit of an insight into forensics at and the time yeah. that you you you, you got to sort of take your hat off to the fact that they could actually solve it at then. all. Exactly because like you didn't have DNA, you didn't have fingerprints, you didn't have like one one of the sort of key points that that. Um, that happens at the start is Sherlock Holmes, when, when you first meet him, uh, is in his lab sort of discovering this um, this mechanism for, for figuring out whether blood is contained within a substance. Um, because when you think about it, if someone had managed to, and he points this out, if someone had managed to, to hide a fabric which had blood on it for long enough, you wouldn't know that blood was on it. It, it could have been mud. It could have been because it goes like it, it goes it brown. Yeah, it discolors. It goes brown. Um, it oxidizes. So you think like how how far things have come and that kind of it's 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 if for nothing else which it's not nothing else because there's a lot other a lot of other good things about it but if for nothing else it's good as a historical artifact of where forensics was at the time and the inspiration for an entire genre of of literature film television books entertainment that that's that's come on and and lives on to this present day Let's finish. Um, what no, we, we're not. Know. We're not gonna. We're don't, not, know. <laughs> don't know. Don't know. Mystery text again. This was a mystery text, though. Like it was a. Oh, <gasps> oh, it was a mystery. What an appropriate mystery text. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so this was a mystery text, but not. It, it was. It was a pun mystery text. It was a mystery text. That was a mystery text. All right, that's enough, Luke. Um, okay. <laughs> you're tired, Luke. You're not making much sense anymore. <laughs> okay, so we will see you next time, um, perhaps with Victoria, um, the whole team. Yes, with the whole team. We have, yeah, we haven't been very good. Very good at. We haven't been good at this, but anyway, that's okay. I feel a bit bad in saying that because it's like it kind of has. I I have to be here, but it's because I I have to be here. Yeah. Um. So, but anyway, anyway, we'll be back. Um, on the next episode of Catholics Read. Bye. Bye. That was an episode of Catholics Read from cradio.org.au.